4th of July festivities. I'm glad you're all here and appreciate it considering I'm sure you all had a lot of fun this weekend. Is that correct? I just did a live stream. This you weird did. dude from Canada. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> uh, all right. So for context, everyone, before we get started on this room, I'm going to let you know how it's going to do this practical impactful room every Monday from 1130 to 1230. We do a deep dive on a specific topic and we bring on some experts to discuss those topics. Now, it is a completely open forum. I'm getting the red bar desk, so somebody please, Giselle, maybe back me up if I drop off. But you did, the speakers Bravo. here all have You are on. back. Okay. So the speakers that I've selected, they all have some context into this topic. The featured speaker today is Mr. Kyle Scott. I consider him to be a close friend, and he's an absolute monster. He is president of Sirhan Ventures, big, big background um, in NBC, digital and production. And he's really got a unique perspective on storytelling. And I think it is a beautiful hybrid with a business discussion because everybody is storytelling. Whether you think you are or you aren't, I promise you, you are. So Kyle is going to break down how to storytell, get your brand out there and do it from an entrepreneur's perspective, but as well translate to the masses. Um, Christina Smallhorn is closely becoming one of my fastest friends, definitely a monster YouTuber. I was on her live stream yesterday and she's doing some amazing things on YouTube. So I can definitely want to connect you with Kyle. And I know Giselle, you've spoken to the Surhan group as well. And you are also a good friend that is a monster at all things social. So I think we have a, a bit of a powerhouse panel. I am going to bring up some more mods. Um, I'd like you maybe to give a little bit of background first, Kyle, on how you got started with the Surhan group um, and a little bit of your experience at NBC. Are you good? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, thanks for the intro, Justin. And I'm really excited to be here. Uh, so it's funny, so Ryan Serhant, for those of you who um, who have not uh, had the pleasure of, of knowing of him yet, uh, he's this superstar real estate agent whose unique power is is he's the ultimate showman. And I mean that in the best way, the absolute best way possible. And I know that, that in some industries, the idea of a showman comes with negative connotation, but, but in real estate sales, it does not at all, right? Every time you go to sell anything, and usually we're all selling ourselves, um, especially real estate salespeople, because we generate leads all day, every day, um, you have to put on, put on a presence, right? And Ryan has this amazing charisma, amazing ability to read a room, read a client, um, convert them into a friend, and then convert that friend into someone who's going to buy or sell with him and with the team. So I met Ryan back in mm, probably 2017 when I was at NBC. Um, that was right around the time that I started a vertical, a content vertical at NBC called NBC News Better. This was right after uh, the Trump and Clinton election here in the United States, where all of a sudden politics became very polarized. Right? So advertisers were flocking away from NBC News uh, as, as advertisers because it was too negative. So we created a vertical um, that was all about how to make your life better. <laughs> what a great place for advertisers. And I was looking for new interview guests, new angles, new, fresh things that haven't been seen before. So I pitched to my executive producer, what if we do a series about successful slash famous people uh, in their offices, right? What do their offices look like? What are the physical manifestations that they have around them in their workspace uh, to create a better environment for them to be more productive and to, and to do more business? Uh, Ryan was one of those people who I picked uh, because I saw him on Bravo, right? There's a good NBC Universal connection, but also his, so much on that show, his his uh, office became a character in the show because you always saw him in it. You always saw his wall of success. So I went and interviewed him. Um, we did a whole video together, and that started 
side, um, started some freelance work on the side, and ultimately that freelance work turned into a course and then turned into a full-time job running Sirhan's Venture. Uh, so that was, it was sort of a, a serendipitous meeting through my actual job at NBC. And now I get to work with him every single day. Yeah, I love that story too. And again, you're a practitioner. I think everybody that, you know, we were bringing to stage and right. And Christina, let's speak to you in terms of what storytelling means to you in terms of how Kyle kind of approaches the narrative of say Ryan Serhant and what his brand or image is to the society. I think I caught most of that. I, I guess you were asking how I add storytelling to my brand. You kept cutting out. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess I was saying that Kyle, you know, was explaining how Ryan's very thoughtful about the storytelling to the conversion, right? How do you think about storytelling? I just love to just set off the conversation with that first. For me, on my channel, it's like nothing, nowhere near like Ryan Sarhan's level. But um, my my storytelling is basically trying to get into the head of the person that's actually watching my channel. My channel is, uh, YouTube channel is directed specifically for people that are looking for affordable housing options and haven't been able to find anything affordable, and they're kind of struggling. So I try to sympathize and empathize and share stories with them of people that have been successful finding affordable housing options, including things that have happened with my current clients and sharing stories that have, uh, people have sent to me through uh, emails and messages. So I, that's how I ad address and approach storytelling using YouTube. Yeah, so you listen to the audience, right? And you're, the information you're putting out is what they want. So you've clearly identified who's listening to you. And I know Kyle's probably jumping out of his seat because that's one thing that they've really taught me I'm just, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, just a, yeah, knowing, knowing who you're speaking to uh, is a big one because no one can be everything to everybody. That's a recipe for a disaster and failure. And I love what Christina just said where she's so focused. Like immediately she helps people find affordable housing options. Like that's, that's it. How many words is that? Like five or six words? Uh, it could not be more. Yeah, so the purpose of this room too is I want people to be able to walk out of here understand what storytelling is, why it matters, how to structure it, how to execute it, and then how to review and kind of change it. We're actually going to be providing an action guide PDF after this. Eric with the mask in the audience is actually my producer and he's going to be recording this. And I think the structure that lives in your brain is what I'm going to pull out of you, Kyle. Before we get to that, I'm just going to have Giselle explain who do you speak to, Giselle? Because I think the clarity of who your audience is, it's fascinating. And I think Kyle would, would love to hear that. Oh, such a good question. Hey, everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. Giselle in the purple here. Well, here's the thing. You know, there are some people who will instruct you to just pick one very specific person. There are some people who will instruct you to come up with a fake avatar of a general human being. And the way that I look at who you're talking to is first, you want to figure out what are your overall objectives? What is it that you want to do? Because I would be willing to put all of my money on it that every single person in this space, even if you're all real estate agents, you all have different objectives. Some of you want to sell more houses. Some of you want to grow a team. Some of you never want to sell a house again. Some of you want to write a book or become a public speaker or a coach or any or all of the above. All of those things require different audiences to make those things come to fruition. And so you have to tell your stories in different ways and relate in different ways. For example, if you're wanting to get more clients, maybe it doesn't make sense to share 
or reshare everything from the broke agent where you're talking shit on clients or the nightmares of the days that you have sometimes. And so when you're thinking about who you're wanting to talk to, who are those people who can make those things happen? So me specifically, since Justin asked, I think about three different people as my happy hour assortment as humans. And just because I'm talking to one doesn't mean that I'm leaving anybody out. So the first one is going to be a really big decision maker, a president of a corporation or the director of marketing, somebody who can hire to have me come in, speak and train their people. Someone like a Kyle, for example, who actually has had me come in uh, to speak to his team. <laughs> the next person, um, and this is a very specific person and it's heartfelt for me, um, but it's actually a girl dad, a girl dad who is very high up at his company. He's entrepreneurial. Um, he, he knows that social media is important. He's not quite sure what that looks like. And that heartfelt connection to me is, you know, I'm someone who I want to open doors for other women. And I believe that the best way to do that is through my dudes and my guy friends and my bros. And so traditionally speaking, when I'm looking for my high caliber coaching clients, the majority of them are actually men. That's not saying that I'm leaving out women, um, not at all, but that's also who I'm thinking about. And then last but not least, um, I have my millennial female who she is um, she is working on her side hustle, wants to make that her full-time hustle. How does she do it? I give her the potential and possibility that it is possible. And I think first and foremost, when you're thinking about your audience, they either want to see themselves in you, they want to see someone who they love in you, or they want to see someone who they aspire to be in you or to make their job a little bit easier. So think about who that is. Maybe it's one person, maybe it's three people. Um, but yes, that is not something that you can come up with in a matter of minutes. It might take some soul searching. It might take weeks, months, a lot of overthinking. Um, and hopefully it'll evolve as you evolve. And that's exactly how it should be. I want to add something to what Giselle said because it was said in between the lines. But it's, what is the problem also that you're looking to solve for your audience, right? Giselle sort of, sort of mentioned it there. But in, in coming up with your objective, it's great if you want to write a book. It's great if you want to... Uh, gain new clients or more clients, but those goals without the specific problem that you're solving um, can end up as empty goals. So you want to write a book, what's the point of your book, right? Why would someone read this book uh, is, is an important way to look at it. And everything that we do through Ryan's brand, everything that we do through the cell, like Sirhan brand and the Sirhan Ventures brand, always is in the line of, as we're putting out this message, what is the problem that we want someone to understand that we're helping them solve? What would you say to somebody, though, Kyle? Because I know there's a lot of agents out there, especially if we're speaking to that niche, that say, well, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Like, I don't want to just be a luxury broker because my bread and butter are those $500,000 listings. I'm not going to get, you know, nothing but $2.5 million listings. How would you respond to that person? Start small and go big. You have to start somewhere with some niche to be able to defi be defined as something, right? If you listen to Ryan's story, he'll talk about how he started out as the person who helps pregnant women in Starbucks find larger homes, right? He met people in Starbucks, they were pregnant, he went up to them, then he got those people as clients, they referred him to other clients, and then he started to see, hmm, I'm getting good pregnant women clients, right, with whose families, they want to expand, but I don't want to be this person. So he, that, but he started there, and he used that as the base to then expand broader. So if you go too broad too soon, you're nothing to everyone. So you have to look at it like a ladder. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I know from the YouTube world perspective, Christina and I have talked about that, where, you know, your entry point might be your expertise, but you kind of got to earn the audience's trust and build the community before you can really turn to to being a generalist, right? I know, But I know, Christina, as well, I want you to add to that comment that I just made. 
having some perspective of who your message could speak to is bigger sometimes than just one specific niche. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because even though I may be talking about affordable housing options, you never know who's listening in the audience that may not necessarily be looking for affordable housing options. They're just looking for creative ways to solve an affordable housing crisis, and they could be investors. And that's happened to me, and I've referred out millions of dollars of real estate to other agents in other markets because of my YouTube channel, because those investors are looking to invest to make affordable housing options in other states. So just by doing, you're going to create something, even though I'm talking about something that would be like a small price point that most people would, you know, quaff off, you know, like just forget it. It ends up being more profitable than you can imagine. And it actually builds a trust with the people that are in the audience as well, because I'm empathetic and, you know, I, I empathize with them. I can understand where they're coming from. And something worth noting on that, too, is that there is value in building up a following for the sake of having large numbers. Right? If I put on my producer hat for a moment back when I was at NBC and I had to pick people who could go on nightly news on today's show on the, on the digital videos that I was doing. Yes, you could be a great expert, but if I didn't look at your profile and see that you're doing consistent videos, if I didn't find that you had a successful newsletter or a book or some other thought leadership piece, it's really hard for me to make the argument that you should be on pick your show or that you should be a vo the voice of an expert. So if you could start small and build a very niche following, it's easier to build that following, and now you have the credibility to go somewhere else. Well, that leads into exactly the next stage, Kyle, and I think what she said was a beautiful layup to that, that, you know, Christine is a real estate agent and a content creator. And explain that concept because it's something that you guys came up with that I think is fascinating in terms of identifying maybe your expertise and your niche, but then standing out with your storytelling because I think the biggest myth is every agent just posts houses for sale and just list it. But what's your approach to understanding what your and or your plus plus is as an agent? Yeah, we at Sirhan, we firmly believe that you can't just be a real estate agent. The reason for this is that there's, you know, here in New York, there's 80,000 real estate agents. Wherever, wherever your market is, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are saying the exact same thing, which is, I'm a real estate agent. I am going to work tirelessly for you. You can trust me, and I will get you the best price. I will answer the phone 24-7. You'll have no problem. Everyone says that, right? So to differentiate yourself, you have to pick something that is beyond real estate. There's two reasons for this. One, it becomes more memorable uh, than just being a real estate agent. And two, people hate being sold, but they love shopping with friends, right? When we make connections with other people around us, it's often some Kyle, sort of... Kyle, say that one again because that line is gold and one oh. of my favorites that you've ever shared with me about the shopping with your friends. Yeah, that is a Ryan line. I cannot claim credit for that, but we say it all the time, which is people hate being sold, but they love shopping with friends, right? So what is, what is a friend? not a real estate agent who's just there for a transaction, right? It's someone who has other personality traits, other interests, other hobbies beyond their profession, real estate, which in the public persona is a very transactional profession, right? The whole point of a real estate agent is to, is to produce a transaction, a real estate transaction. So if you start to become someone else, right? It's a real estate agent who also knows all of the gyms in the area because he or she is a big fitness buff. Or if you're Ryan, you're the real estate agent who also does media and can amplify your client's properties better than anyone else, and you have a reach more than anyone else, right? 
um, we have Christina here who does affordable housing, right? There's a mission-driven component to that that makes her much more interesting and much more likely to be a friend who you could talk to on a different level. So you have to, you have, to have your personality and your other interests come across in the story that you're putting out into the world. When I think of you, Kyle, I, I think of somebody who's managing an organization sort of like flying the Starship Enterprise. So what is your end? Because I know you live in the matrix in terms of all the different things that are going on in that world. So have you established kind of what your end is and what story you <laughs> want to tell? Justin, that's the perfect question. No, I haven't because I'm so focused on building the business. It's like I have a friend who once told me um, a painter's house is never painted <laughs> because he paints all day professionally, right? So that's always been the challenge for me, and this goes back like my whole my whole career, even at NBC Universal. Like it was always really hard for me to define myself because as a producer, my job was so busy telling other people's stories. Right. So I am working on that um, consistently, and if you have ideas, let me know. I definitely, I, just from a, a thought leadership perspective, I think what you offer translates every industry, right? And one of the reasons why I changed the name of this room to Practical and Tactical, and I actually took real estate out is applies to anybody that is trying to understand how storytelling can impact and grow their business. And as I said, we're going to leave here with some structure on how to do that. And on one of your previous answers, you gave like five points that people probably missed because you said them so quickly, but you're like, man, if you don't have a newsletter and you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Can you go over those points again? Cause I definitely want to point those out as action items that people can do to start creating a foundation for storytelling. Yeah, we look at uh, we look at sort of brand and storytelling. They're 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 intertwined, right? A brand is just how people think about you, right? That's that's what a brand is at the end of the day. What do people say when you're not in the room? Um, and then you convey what do people say? You get people to say what you want them to say through storytelling. So we look at it as three phases. You have core identity, consistent content, shadows from the mountaintop. Your core identity is why you exist, right? And, and Giselle touched on that earlier. What is your goal in the world? But that goal needs to be translated through your, your, your customer, right, your, through your client's words, right? So it's not, I want to create a book. It's, I want to help clients with affordable housing, and a book is one vehicle through which I'm going to do that, right? Always through the client's perspective is your core identity. Along with that comes the visual identity, right? How do you supplement the words about what you want to do and how you're helping your clients with a visual um, that complements that? having a website, right? It's all of, all of that, that core, here's who I am, and it goes across platforms, right? The way that you show up in the world in person has to equal the way that you show up online through all of your platforms. Then there's consistent content. And we recommend people who are just starting out, especially as real estate agents, focus on just two. Um, if you're someone more like Giselle or Christina or even, even Justin up here, uh, you are going to have many, many more platforms. But if you're just starting out, focus on Instagram because Instagram uh, and real estate are both visual mediums. And it's sort of become a cultural de, de facto of the place where you go to look up someone's, someone's profile. And then you pick a second platform that has to do with your end, right? If your end tends to be more along the lines of a business end, right, that, what's that other personality trait, maybe you're going to pick LinkedIn. If you tend to be more like family focused, you know the community events, you know all the happenings, maybe it's Twitter or Facebook, right? Then there's the newsletter. So pick two social media profiles and pick a newsletter. Now, we recommend a newsletter once a month. The reason why we say that is because the average American buys or sells a home once every about 13 years. That means that in a given year, only about one thirteenth 
of your contacts are going to want to buy or sell a home. So flip that around. That means you have to follow up with someone for 13 years on average until they're ready to use your real estate services. You don't want that person to go to waste that you met a year ago because they may, you know, they may take 12 more years until they're ready to use. So you constantly show up in their inbox once a month for 13 years. Then um, there's, there's Shadow from the Mountaintop, which has to do completely with leveraging third-party connections, right? So that's doing speaking engagements, right? So everyone who, who showed up here um, to Clubhouse, if you have a question, if you're on the panel, that's showing up and amplifying your brand through someone else. And this someone else, in this case, is Justin, who's hosting, hosting the room, right? That's using alumni networks. That's using professional networks like the Rotary Club or the community organizations in your town to present your message uh, in a larger form. And then there's PR and media, and that's pitching yourself to local journalists. And that's a whole other conversation, but it fits into the shadow from the mountaintop. Oh, man, you just unpacked so much there. Like I said, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to turn this into a full-blown PDF. Yeah, you so should. much value in that conversation. Just for context, there's been about 161 people through this room. We're at about 86 right now. I'd ask everybody that's here, if you're getting any value from this, hit that plus sign. Bring three to five people into the room that you think would get value from this conversation. I would also encourage you, click on Kyle's profile, follow him, connect with him on Instagram. He is very accessible. He actually responds to his DMs himself. And I do think this is one of the most collaborative communities out there. And we get so much value from each other in these conversations. Now, to continue that thought, Kyle, you explained what is storytelling. You gave some structure around how to storytell. And even for people that are just getting started, you gave very, very insightful, easy-to-use advice. But why does it matter? Why does storytelling matter? And I want to go through some of the speakers, but I want you to lead this first. Yeah, so there's actually real science behind that. When I was younger, it took me a long time to understand the power of storytelling because to me, storytelling was something that kids do, right? Kids do in the park, they make up stories, maybe they tell stories before bed, right? It was never really serious or professional. But as I explored further, mostly through my, my role at NBC News for nearly a decade, I discovered that storytelling is actually the fundamental way that humans communicate with each other. Uh, and I can't remember them off the top of my head right now, but there's a number of actual formal university, you know, peer-reviewed studies that show that when you present information in the form of a story, people are more likely to remember that. So for real estate agents, right, you could present yourself as, hi, I am John Smith, real estate agent. I have the best closing record. You know, I have do 50 transactions a year. I, people give me five stars on my reviews. That's all facts. It doesn't matter. Versus the story of, hi, I'm John Smith. I help people such as Sandra, who was, you know, in XYZ scenario. She had this problem. I helped her find a solution, right? That makes you a lot more memorable and a lot more likely to relate to other people than if you were to just show facts. The reason for this, right, so if we, if we use as a foundation that storytelling works, and, and the, the science does show that, the reason for this is purely evolutionary, right? Our brains have actually evolved to respond better to, 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 to stories. And there is another study for this. I'm going to quickly go into it. Um, they've done uh, MRI brain scans, right, of people who are listening to facts versus stories. And as it turns out, if you listen to just facts, it's only Broca's area and Wernicke's area. This is speech processing um, and speech creation that light up if you're just telling someone facts in the brain. 
if you're telling someone a story like the big bad wolf, right? Leather, leathery skin. He had a, you know, a deep voice, all of this the story, all of a sudden different areas in the brain light up. The motor cortex lights up because you're thinking about that wolf as the wolf is walking through the forest. The visual cortex lights up because you're thinking of what does that leathery skin look like, right? And as a result of that, that actually puts, puts all that information into your brain because there's a lot more brain activity, right? So two, those are two examples of how, how the science tells us that storytelling actually works and delivers results versus just telling someone facts. You're a fascinating dude, too, because I know you break down concepts that might be ephemeral or maybe seem just out in the ether for a lot of people, like, oh, social media works, but, you know, it doesn't really work. And you actually look at the science behind it, you break down a lot of things um, into systems and, and processes, which I think are just fascinating. Why don't we go through the panel really quick and just give your context to why you think storytelling matters. Christina, why do you think storytelling matters? Some of the greatest, oldest stories in the world <laughs> have lived on for eons because it was a story and it wasn't a bunch of facts. <laughs> you know? um, I, it's, it's so true. And uh, Kyle, I, I'm so glad that you have said everything you've said because I have to give a public speaking event. And I was like, literally going to give all these facts of things that people need to do. And I'm like, no, I need to tell a story. So you just saying all that was like, made my brain just light on fire <laughs> so i know how to organize my next speaking event so thank you kyle <laughs> you're welcome yeah always always start with the story and christina's the real deal actually i brought her here because i wanted you two to connect kyle i think christina could showcase a lot of stuff that she's doing on the back end that you will find fascinating mia we just brought you up i'm just going to mute you for a quick second and then we are going to go to q a so if you're in the audience you have any questions for kyle or the panel Put your hand up. We will open that up, and we'll get through some questions very shortly. I do want to go through Giselle, and then I'm going to have Laura, Cameron, Glenn to do really quick intros and their thoughts on why storytelling matters. So, Giselle, why does storytelling matter? Hey, everyone. Um, Giselle in the purple here. You know, in in my experience with my career um, online, which actually mine began in news as well, with, along with Kyle, um, I always believed that other people's stories were more important than my own not realizing that those are actually the stories that can connect you to people. And when we often get lost in this pit hole of comparison that is social media, um, I noticed that people who I followed actually gave me permission to see myself um, and grow into myself and see things as possible. So where there's constantly that competition of being the, the best realtor, or the number one or the most, you know, the top producing, the reality is you are the best at what you do, the way that you do it, the way that you are. Um, and rather than waiting for someone to give you that microphone or that video or that story, you have the power to do that with platforms like Instagram and Clubhouse and like, you know, LinkedIn and TikTok. And so um, that's, what, that's where I believe the connection begins is when you start getting comfortable sharing even the most extraordinarily averages, average experiences of, of what you do every day. I absolutely love that answer. And it, again, it transcends platforms. Laura, go ahead. Why does storytelling matter? And introduce. Yeah, hi, everyone. I'm Laura in the middle here. Um, storytelling kind of came about in our business. I work for a, um, a real estate team called REC Canada. It kind of came about because of the passing of uh, the lead of that team. And we needed to, to really think quickly about how we were going to retell our story. And so we said, okay, like, who is the hero of the story? We, we read uh, Building Your Story Brand, a book by AJ Garcia, I believe. And um, that kind of set up on, on track to, to discover how we wanted to speak to our clients, what we wanted them to say after the experience of dealing with us. 
because essentially in five years, are they going to say, I'm glad I did or I wish I had? Mm -hmm. So we kind of doubled down on that. And then I, uh, for those of you who know Jazz Packer, I also helped him kind of build his personal brand where we came from that with a completely different set of lens, which is him being on his journey. So not speaking necessarily from a place of authority, just really letting people be a fly on the wall to watch him experience the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, which kind of brings me to my question for Kyle, because as I've helped someone else build out their personal brand, as you have with clients, and I'm now trying to kind of do the same for myself. I guess where I get stuck is in that, like, how much of your of your passions and hobbies do you include before you're not really part of that niche? I know earlier you had mentioned, like, start small, start with me. But at the same time, I want people to be, to, to see, you know, my personality and the things I like so that they can connect with me on more a personal level. And I'm just not sure what that sort of the ratio of, of real estate content to my own personal content I should include. Yeah, that's a great question and one that comes up with our uh, consulting clients in our pro program all the time. And the answer is that there's no rule, right? People love to have, have like ratios, but there's no specific ratio. Here's what I'm going to say instead. And I love something that Giselle said earlier because I think about this all the time too. You know, if you have an ideal sort of avatar in your head, right? Don't base all your decisions around that, but base the decision. If I'm speaking to this person, would this person like this content, not like as in like hit the like button, but, but like as in enjoy viewing this content or enjoy reading this content. If yes, then it can be posted. If no, for example, like if I knew that my ideal avatar would enjoy photos of me with my family but wouldn't care what I ate for brunch this morning, I shouldn't post the brunch photo, right? Because there's nothing to do with my brand. There's nothing to do with anything. So that's how I think of, of it is, is, is picking the avatar knowing that person in and out and deciding if that individual content piece I'm about to post is relevant to them. Does that answer your question, Laura? Uh, yeah, it, it does help for sure. I, I guess we just, you know, the moral of the story is to kind of play around with it, I think, too, right? See what drives, post stuff. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Post something again later see how that kind of resonates with your audience and, and just learn through experience, right? Yeah, and right, and then there's some testing to this, right? You may find that, that let's say you're real estate plus fitness, right, just to pick something. You may find that certain fitness type pictures respond better than others, right? Maybe they don't want to see you working out. Maybe they want to see you in a working out environment, right? So over time, you can sort of, you can pivot and you can narrow it down the way that we always look at this is is sort of put it out into the world even if it's not perfect and then get feedback right if it's good enough don't sit around waiting thinking hoping put it out you'll get feedback if it wasn't good you can take it down later on right but definitely test and see responses but in general right if you're doing real estate plus something else um you always want to relate it back to real estate but maybe it's like two-thirds if you really do want a, a ratio two-thirds one-third right Something like that. I think the storytelling aspect too, like Laura, I know you so well. And I think when I think of you, I definitely think real estate and fashion all day long. I also think you're a producer, you're media, you're an entrepreneur. But I do think a lot of times when you give context to your posts, when it comes to fashion, you talk about how, you know, dressing well impacts your sales abilities. And I think intertwining your stories and, and explaining why it matters, right? When I talk about media and content creation, and I almost joke about, you know, I'm a content creator at night and real estate agent during the day. 
I explained that I'm trying to understand the language of it to better serve my clients. You can definitely intertwine the two. I'm going to get to Cameron, then Glenda, and then we're going to skip down to Mia for that question because I know you've been very, very patient. So, camera, Cameron, a quick intro, and then what does storytelling mean to you? Hey, everyone. Cameron here from Vancouver, British Columbia. No, I absolutely love this topic. And um, I would say that the, the fact tell stories uh, sell is something that really impacted my business after I took uh, Ryan's course, actually. Um, and I was looking, I'm actually featured on Ryan's website for like a little testimonial on this. And it transcends just social media. And I think that's what uh, people also need to realize. It goes into every interaction that you have with a prospective client, business partner, anything like that. So one of my biggest uh, lessons I learned from that is even just when you're hosting an open house, let's say, again, most people go through and say, this is the kitchen. It's got granite countertops. But going through and creating that story in the in the buyer or seller's mind when you're walking through a property, that's what gets them to actually take action, right? So I would say that uh, that the storytelling actually transcends just social media and should be included in every interaction you have with prospective customers. So I'm Cameron, and I'm done speaking. Fascinating and a phenomenal answer, Giselle. Did you have something to add, or were you just clapping? I was clapping. Wonderful. So, Glenda, you're quite the storyteller. And do you know Kyle? Have you two met yet? I have not met Kyle. I don't think so. Hi, Glenda. Nice to meet you. Oh, it is so nice to meet you, too, Kyle. Um, my name is Glenda Baker. I'm a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I will tell you, nothing accelerates credibility faster than proof. And most agents think that that is, I'm number one. I sold a zillion dollars worth of real estate. I did a bazillion deals last year. And what they don't understand is the seller or the buyer don't care how many you did. All they care about is that you did it for them. And if you can tell a story about um, how you helped Larry and Kathleen right size, or when you sold Russ and Vanessa this same exact house in December of 2019 for a million two, and today it's a million six, I don't know, where do you think the market is going? If you can relate it back to actual people, 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 not addresses, not one, two, three, banana street, but you can relate it back to the people that you impacted, then that is what makes the change in the client's head that, oh, wait a minute, she's done this for somebody else, she can now do it for me. And I think that the ability to tell the story, relate it to someone real, so that they can identify and see themselves in those in those shoes with you is where the magic happens. My name is Glenda, and I'm done speaking for now. Glenda, you're 150% spot on. I got it. That is absolutely right. Um, there's a real estate agent named Mary Bell, and I want she's either in Alabama or Arkansas, uh, in the south of the United States. Um, she has the best sort of testimonial sizzle reel video about her her real estate services, right, if you were put in that category. For going through her day. So her, her real estate sizzle reel, like you go to her website and you see it, um, starts with her running in the morning. It's like before 5 a.m. She wakes up, et cetera. And then the voiceover underneath that is her client saying, Mary Bell worked tirelessly for me to do X, Y, Z. So you see her working tirelessly because she's up at 5.30, and then you have the client telling the story about how Mary is tireless. And I wish I could find that right now and send it a link for everyone here, but uh, Mary Bell, if you look up Mary Bell, 
um, for, as a real estate agent, you'll find that and you could use that as an example. Hey, thanks, Kyle. And also just a little factoid for you. If you look at Ryan's course, the picture that you guys used for Ryan's course, it was taken from Agent 2021 with Gary V. I am next to Ryan in the pink dress. Oh, I'm going to have to find that one. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to be sending you Glenda's profile as well, too. I think you guys will be very, very fast friends. So what we're going to do is we'll skip back into some more questions, and then we'll start getting through David, Lindsay, Jaime, Simeon, and Chelsea, all very good friends of mine. And I'm so excited that you are all here. And let me just go back to the structure of what we were talking about. So we already talked about what storytelling is. We talked about why it matters. How do you structure a story, Kyle? Because I think structuring a story uh, is very important. This is my favorite topic uh, because it goes back to this idea that there's actual science behind this. Right? So for anyone who's afraid of storytelling and they feel like they're not creative or they can never be like Steven Spielberg, it doesn't matter. Because any, any single story, mostly, right? I'll put an asterisk on that. But in general, the simplest form of a story follows the exact same thing. And it's this. Once upon a time, there was this certain set of situations, right? This thing was happening. Until one day, right, that's the inciting incident for every single story. Because of that, because of that, because of that. So that's the plot, right? Until finally, there's this resolution of the plot, right? Find any, basically any single movie, uh, and you can put that on it. Now, here's the, here's the important thing to remember. The story itself is not about the plot, right? So that's on the surface. There's these events that happen. But in reality... The story is about the evolution of a character. So if you look at Toy Story, and I like using Toy Story as an example because it's a story that many, if not most, people know. Um, you know, in Toy Story, there's a buzz comes, they fall out a window, they go to Pizza Planet, right? There's all of this stuff that happens. But in reality, that story, the reason why it's so impactful and memorable is because it's the story of Woody as a leader who learns what leadership and friendship is really about. It's not about being the person in charge. It's not about being the favorite one. It's about surrounding yourself with people who make you better and who make you complete. That's the story of Toy Story, right? So when you're thinking about it, you can use that framework, but be sure that you have the personal evolution in there. And to go back to what I think it was Cameron was saying earlier about that idea of the open house when you're showing someone, right? You could think of the story of the house as the plot. You know, once upon a time, this house was built by the farmer down the road, right? They put the, the addition on over here, the addition on over here, until finally it's ready for a five-family home like yours, right? But in reality, what you want to do is show that family how this house will solve their problems. So like the, like the Toy Story example about how Woody started as a, as a solo leader who really was not a great leader because he didn't have the you know, sort of the, the empathy around him, you could tell that story for the, for the family, right? Family comes in, they want to upsize, right? That's the problem. Once upon a time, they had a smaller family until one day, right, they had a bigger family, and now they have a problem to solve. Show the house until finally you show them at the end how they could fit their, their sort of their family into this new house, right? That's the, the, the arc of getting someone to buy a home as you're showing them uh, the open house, it's the personal evolution. Yeah, I think one of the most valuable lessons from the, the book that Laura mentioned, Building a Story Brand, is you're not the hero, right? You're the guy. I think being part of that conversation and understanding the role is huge. Kyle, you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I like that. I've never phrased it that way. But your client, right, your client is always the character in the story. You're just the storyteller. You're the narrator. 
Um, so take it out of your turn, your voice and put it into your client's voice. Put the client into the story and show how the, the client will evolve their life by, by working with you and living in the future. Yeah, they, have you read Building a Story Brand, Kyle? No, but I'm going to order for Amazon now. I've already more literally in front of me right now. I'm ordering it for you right now as a thank you for being oh, here. Thank you, Justin. It's all good, man. I, I can't be there in person because they won't let me out of Ontario, but I'm coming soon. David Hill, Lindsay, Jaime, we'll go through three of you, and then we'll get through the next three. Introduce yourself. Let me know if you have a question for Mr. David, you can go first. Hey, Justin, how's it going, sir? Can you hear me all right? I'm yeah, you're good. All right, awesome. I'm at the beach, and I love this conversation. It's one of my favorites, and it's all stories. Everything Aaron and I do is about stories. A lot of people think we're, like, super scripted and we're scripting, but what I've found to be a lot more effective is, is sharing stories. And if you look at some of the masters, like, like uh, uh, Zig Ziglar is probably one of the most masterful storytellers there is. Uh, Jim Rohn as well, but if you take look at Zig, I think he has a story he shares of when he bought uh, his, his Cadillac, and he, the story is 27 minutes. I, I timed it. From start, and you're like, you're just, you're like in it the whole time. He's going through every little detail from the click when they close the car door. I mean, it's just amazing. And for some people that were on Clubhouse last week, they actually experienced when Aaron and I were making live calls. I called a a, um, a for sale by owner, and I had asked him if he was at all interested in working with a realtor. And his response was absolutely not. And I said, okay, great. I said, just want to let you know. There's a, there's a gentleman over on 80 Lakeside Avenue, Shrewsbury. Are you familiar with that street? He said, yes. I said, okay, well, we listed his house, and he was going to sell it himself for 410 We listed it at 435 We ended up settling with 15 offers at 465 Now, we ended up, he ended up walking away with an extra $27,000. And then I just paused. I said, is that something you'd like us to try to do for you? And he said, well, it's all about net for me. No, and I, and I and the reason I'm sharing that is because it happened. There's probably people in this room that heard it happen. That's what it's all about. That's that's the power of a story. Like I could have told the guy all day how we can get more money in the National Association of Realtors says this and blah blah blah, but because it was a specific story, it worked. So anyway, just want to share that. I appreciate you having me up, Justin, and I love the conversation. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Dave. And you touched on exactly what Kyle just explained, right? You identify a problem that somebody has, you explain to them the story, and then. You let them fill in the blank. So fascinating. And we are up to, I believe it was about 254 listeners so far. Max listeners, about 105 right now in this room. So Kyle, you're dropping some fire. Thank you for that. I'll post that on my Instagram so you can see how I'm tracking that. Lindsay, introduce yourself. Let me know if you have a question. For Good morning, everyone. Oh, afternoon now. I am Lindsay from London, Ontario, and I am on Justin's team. I love this conversation. You guys are dro dropping so much knowledge on storytelling. I love um, this whole concept of really connecting with your viewers, listeners, um, your ideal clients. And as Kyle has said, that avatar is so important um, when you are storytelling. So I love that. I love how um, I've seen Justin do this in some of his listing videos, but even just uh, having case studies and being able to connect with new clients on this, um, I think that it's so important. I don't have any questions right now, um, so I'll kick it over to Jaime, but uh, yeah, I love this conversation. Hey, hey, this is Jaime Resendez out of Dallas, Fort Worth. 
And um, this is really ironic. I don't know if – oh, just – there we go. Justin's getting a phone call. Good. Justin and I were having a conversation. I think it was either two two weeks ago or a week ago. And I mentioned to him one of my weaknesses was communication in the form of storytelling. So I don't know if he did that by by accident or is just very fortuitous. So really appreciate you being here, Kyle. One of the – it's going to be a very broad question. I fully acknowledge that. But for somebody that is, does a lot of video, I, I mostly play on YouTube, some of the comments that I get are, I feel like you're talking at me. And it's not just one person. It's not a troll. I can't, you know, not, I can't say that it was just one person. It's been several people that have told me that. How would you, um, how would you, if you were me, how would you go about, I would say, correcting that? What are some tips that you can give me that might help me with my storytelling? Because I fully acknowledge my my content's pretty, it's pretty to the point. I don't think I've even made, made a story or shared a story on all of my videos. What are your videos about? Mostly educational content on marketing. So marketing content for uh, marketing for who? Who's the real estate? Audience? Yeah, it's a real, real estate person. agents, real estate agents who want to market themselves and their listings. Mostly on the paid advertising. So yes, but yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So one of the, I, it's hard to say, give you a specific because I haven't seen the video. But what I'll say is one of the best pieces of advice that I got about broadcasting, and that's what YouTube is at the end of the day, or really any social platform is one to many, right, is speak, actually speak, right? Your voice is not to everybody, where it's like, hey, everyone, here's what I'm going to teach today. It's, hey, you, listener, you're speaking to one person. And if you can reframe the way that you talk from one to many to one to one, you may, you may find that it helps you solve that problem if people are giving you feedback that it sounds like you're talking at them. Thank you. I'm going to try that. I love this. I mean, I didn't even think about it when I booked the room with uh, Mr. Kyle. That, that was our conversation, but it makes sense. David, did you have something? Oh, no. Just agreeing 100% with Kyle. That was Amazing. Booyah. I got the red bar guest, but I am going to try and keep some structure and keep this rolling. I'm going to get to Chelsea and Ray right now. Chelsea's probably one of my oldest friends on the digital platforms, and it's been amazing to watch her come up. Chelsea, give him a little context and then maybe ask Kyle a question, but all of you should definitely connect. Thanks, Justin. Happy Monday to everyone. Um, I have not had the pleasure of meeting Kyle yet, so I'm so excited I decided to jump in this room, and I'm quite a fan, maybe a secret fan, of several of the other people in this room as well. So I'm excited to be here. Storytelling is a huge passion of mine. I call myself sort of an accidental storyteller because um, I didn't even realize that I was telling stories. So I understand the challenge in trying to break something down into a formula. Something Kyle said um, was really powerful to me, and I just wanted to share one of my favorite quotes that I often share um, when it comes to, to storytelling and being relatable. That's what I think of storytelling is this relatability factor where you can connect with somebody on some kind of topic or passion or hobby that you say, I, I, I can see myself in that person. So this quote was by Felicity Adora, and it says, people come for the plot and they stay for the characters. And sometimes I feel like when we're talking about content, we start to forget that we are a character and that also, you know, there are other 
there are important features of you and who you are, what you do in your life that will connect with other people. So I don't have a question today. I'm really enjoying the conversation. Thanks for having me on the stage and I'll stay here for the rest of the rest of the room. I'm Chelsea and I'm done speaking. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and Ray Allen, Chelsea, both amazing storytellers. Ray, I know you have an interesting view on how you tell stories. Maybe introduce yourself and if you have a question for Kyle, if not, we can keep going on after that. What's up, Justin? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I do have a question. Uh, Kyle, I'm wondering how you are adjusting and changing the story. You may have talked about this at the very beginning, but I wasn't here at the beginning of the convo, but I'm wondering how you're adjusting the storytelling based on the length on the platform. You know, we have short form video now that <clears throat> has really been taking the forefront as far as analytics and views go. And the backseat stuff, some of the longer form content, um, I think is still valuable out there. But I feel like there's a big difference in how the story is told and how it unfolds. But yet you're after a little bit of the same audience because the short, you know, the short attention span. So I'm just wondering what you guys are doing in the, in the various formats to adjust the story to make sense. Yeah, so it largely it, it'll always follow the same the same uh, basic framework, right? Once upon a time, until one day, because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally. And I do a presentation. I have a presentation where I go through literally 60 second ads, 60 seconds, where they do the whole story, <laughs> that whole arc in just 60 seconds. Uh, so it's, it's possible. It gets harder when it's shorter. When it's shorter, you have to convey a lot more through clever techniques like having good people on camera who can convey emotion and tell the story through their facial expressions rather than saying it, for example, or rather than having an elaborate scene where they, they go through the plot uh, to, to act it out, right? And you could do things with graphics that help tell the story, uh, on-screen text, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's just like the... The takeaway, um, the takeaway is different, and the the objective is different, right? Does that help, Mr. Ray? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, we've been kind of producing all different types and and doing a lot of tests. Activity, except for the podcast that we're doing, it's getting a lot of activity throughout. So. Um, it's just interesting to kind of look at what we thought was once the direction we were headed. Now with the advent of the short form, I think we like telling the shorter stories. It's it's a different challenge. Like you said, it is harder, but I enjoy it more because you can do so much more without words and you can, I don't know, you, it's just a different, for me, it feels very different, but maybe, maybe I'm just better at it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, would say, I would say as with everything in life, it's a pen. Right. Um, you know, if you have like YouTube is not is not for, just to pick one platform, right? It's still, what I call like medium medium length stories, right? Still like 12 to 20 minutes, depending on the channel, right? Something that you're seeing with Ryan right now with uh, some of the property tours that they're doing, they're trying to condense the property tours into like one to three minutes, right? And they're experimenting with some new length. So that way there's just a format, and if you see, for example, a Sirhant property tour, you know it's going to be the exact same thing every time. So then you can have the longer ones, like, for example, a Sirhant signature property, which is $10 million plus that Ryan will do personally. Right? That is going to be a longer one, a longer, more drawn out, partially because there's a lot more stuff to show, right? But then also partially because it's positioned as a signature property, you're expecting to get more from it. 
So there's no hard and fast rules. It's partially platform, it's partially audience, it's partially objective of the, of the piece of content. But at the end of the day, you should always be following the same storytelling structure. Don't, don't cheapen the story just because it's shorter. And to that note, Ray, um, I'll get to you in one second, Sumo. We're just going to wrap up this thought, and then we'll get to your question if that's okay. I think the depth of content in Ryan's blog is probably the most insightful for people that want to learn. Fascinating because a lot of times the consumption, if you look at the highest viewed videos, are those property tours. People just want to see what it's like to live in an $18 million apartment. So it gets a lot of hits. But the depth of content, Ray, in your podcast very 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 deep but right now people are consuming short form so i think it is building up a skill and understanding the communication on the platforms does that yes, answer your a, question mr ray yeah that's a great point and you know the signature series that y'all are doing i think are fantastic and then by the same token you know you have the luxuries underscore listings instagram the scene of that stuff that's doing like vertical video of 10 million dollar luxury listings in 30 seconds and selling them so it's it's just uh, it's a crazy world out there, but I appreciate you joining us, Kyle, and thanks for the insights. Well, thank you for being here, and you're a wild and crazy guy, Mr. Ray Sumo. Do you have a question for Mr. Kyle? Introduce yourself. And go. Hi, I'm Sumo Belskiri from New Jersey. I'm an upcoming real estate agent, and I've uh, done a few businesses. I mean, buying and selling of residential property, but I'm looking into uh, going commercial. I know I hear a lot of, uh, I mean, all this. Uh, that you've been saying is very been very informative, but uh, I had a question for you. How do you do the storytelling with commercial real estate? It doesn't change the the structure. Uh, let me give you an. I'm going to give, answer this question with an example. Um, within our Sell Experience Pro program, we have a commercial real estate agent who uh, I believe he sells in northwestern Canada, if I'm not mistaken. But the location largely doesn't matter. Um, he has a boat, right? So he has a boat, and he takes clients out on the boat just casually. Like, he never really thought much of this. But, uh, and his clients, by the way, are like, are, are serving real firms, right? Like, they have developers, right? Like, they develop a warehouse or a manufacturing facility, right? That's, those are his, his clients. So we discovered he can start a YouTube series or a podcast. It's probably a YouTube series um, about every weekend he takes new people out on this boat right and this becomes the whole story that he's telling is getting the clients on the boat they're having fun they're fishing right maybe there's some cool drone footage maybe there's like a little bit of like because he likes fishing also right maybe there's a little bit of an educational component about fishing right maybe that's actually what the end and the story is but by putting out this youtube series highlighting his boat highlighting how much fun the boat is and how much fun his clients have when they go on the boat it can become a little bit of a thing in this industry. And, and the, the sort of commercial industry in this part of Canada isn't that big, right? There's not that many people for buying and selling uh, uh, industrial buildings. So we realized that that was an avenue he can take, right? So we could have gone the avenue of you have properties, do property tours of warehouses. But instead, we took his end, which is this boat and fishing, and we created stories around that to make him much more interesting and much more exciting as a person rather than as the person who just sells industrial buildings and warehouses, right? So if you could find your end that relates back to your clients, what your clients like and what, like what to do, you could take the story and position it that way. That, does that make sense? And is that a good example for you, Suma? Yeah, but I also, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just starting out. So uh, if I need to attract clients or prospects, 
in the commercial industry. And if I don't have anybody in hand, I wouldn't have a story to tell them. So how does a beginner actually have a story which would uh, be interesting enough to uh, procure prospects in the commercial industry? I'm going to point you to two people, um, Jay Siano, S-I-A-N-O, and then Kyle and Sierra. So they're doing it on digital, and there's another girl named Carrie Bob um, that to me are, are leaders in commercial industry in terms of the content they're putting out. And, you know, a lot of them are just boots on the ground, grassroots, and, and I'd be inspired by their content if you want to go check them out. All right. Can, can you just share the name send me, again with me? Send me a DM on Instagram, and then I'll send you their profiles, and I'll make a connection in front of as well, too. Does that help you? Yes. Thank you so much. Wonderful. So we've got Kyle for four more minutes, I mean, or three more minutes now. I'm going to get you through two more things. One, you've created the storytelling. You understand why it matters. You understand the structure. Now, how do you execute and review? How do you put all the things that we just talked about, Kyle, into practice and review it? Can you give people a very simple outline process of what that looks like? What do you mean by re review it? Like, uh, so I mean, like execute, right? So tell tell the actual story. So how do you go out and execute it? And then what do you look at i guess when you're reviewing it like to adapt on the next story yeah 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 okay yeah so it always it always starts out with scripting right you never want to be in a, a position whether it's uh, through video or through other forms of storytelling written storytelling photos photo telling photo storytelling where you're just you're, you're sort of like winging it right so you have to know and this goes back to the top of top of this room an hour ago where we started you have to know who your audience is and what the purpose of this story is in the broader context of the audience, right? So it's, it, it all starts there. Um, knowing the audience, then is what is the objective of this content, right? The objective of, of what we think of as more traditional stories, movies, books, TV shows, right, is to, to sell tickets, to get viewers, right, whatever it might be. As real estate agents, as business people, our objective is not to get massive views to monetize for advertising or to sell tickets. It's to, make, to, build a, to build a brand for ourselves, right? To generate leads often, or more specifically for a specific property, it might be to, to sell that property or raise awareness of the property, right? So you go in with that in mind. Uh, scripting, and then know, know the objective of, of it. Now, on the other side, after you produce it, after you put it out, you want to look at the response. And you can only understand the response of it, right? The, the reception of it in the context of other videos or other other stories, other photos, other written pieces that you've put out. Because that's sort of your baseline, right? So if you look at it, on an average video, here's how I do, right? I have this length of people who, who stay with it, this many views, right? On an Instagram post, maybe it's a photo with caption, right? Here's the engagement on that post. Uh, and then you could sort of make assumptions. Uh, was this a good piece? Yes, because it did better. Was this not a good piece? Well, I know that because it did worse than my average. And then you make assumptions about why. Your assumptions are not always going to be accurate, right? But based on the general trend, based on your knowledge of your posts and of your audience, you can get a general sense and then adjust the next time, right? It's constantly trial and error as you, as you hone in on your brand and on the overall big picture of what you're trying to convey. That's very practical and very tactical advice. Again, we are going to summarize all of this information if you go to my ig and you click the link in my bio that is simply going to be where we can email it to you i definitely appreciate your time kyle before we leave i'm going to get through two more people very quickly or just one more person um levi you've been waiting patiently maybe introduce yourself make a connection or do you have a question for mr 
Yeah, thanks, Justin. Kyle, nice to meet you. And absolutely, he mentioned earlier, Kyle, that you had a presentation on this. So is there somewhere we could access that presentation or other content you may provide on storytelling? Yes, it is within the Sell It Like Serhant membership. Uh, so if you go to ryanserhant.com slash course, you would join the membership there. Uh, and that's where it is. In my more realized form, because that's a question Justin asked me earlier, I'd love to put many of this out uh, myself. Uh, because I do do this, pres this storytelling presentation for many different audiences. I just haven't yet put it somewhere where it's publicly accessible, but it is within the Salt Lake membership. You're a beast, Mr. Kyle. Like I said, I will give you all of the information and the PDF. If my team is at your disposal. You're a very giving person, as is the Wolf Serhan team. So I just want to thank you again for being here. Kyle, any parting words, or if you had a billboard out there that every single person on the planet was going to see, what would that billboard be? Oh boy! Uh, follow me on Instagram at Kyle Scott Original. But look, I just what Justin said is right. Like one of my great joys, what's so much fun about all of this is helping other people succeed, right? Like that's why I love what we do within Ryan World, within Serhant Ventures. Um, that was one of the things that I liked about news when I was in the news. We were helping convey information that that people can act on. I was a big fan of service journalism, which is not just which is largely news you can actually use, right? So always happy to help. Uh, and feel free to DM me if you have questions or if you want to want to just chat i'm always happy to do it thanks justin thanks for having me here i really appreciate it you're a great dude man there's lots more to come in the future thank you everybody for being here flash your mic give kyle some love connect with him on instagram and tell him what a great job he did today and we'll catch you next week at the practical and tactical room see you bye everyone